Greg Kissarm. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 199 of the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, and today we're joined by a special guest, Roger from Adelaide in Australia. Is that correct? You are actually in Adelaide, or did I just butcher where you're from and your name? No, that's where I'm from. You pronounced it correctly. Because of my accent, I'll try to talk a little bit slower so the uh, folks can understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. That was absolutely hilarious to me. Obviously, uh, I also have an accent, but uh, a little bit different than most. But uh, watching Gene on the Adelaide yeah. Q&A, trying to decipher what some of the Aussies were saying he to him. And also tell Ace because Ace is deaf almost. So it was yeah, a, it was Ace copy. can't hear a thing. So add into <laughs> that, there were some pretty Plus. strong accents in that audience. But Gene, I yeah. thought uh, with him speaking Hungarian, Hebrew, uh, German and uh, English that he would have a better ear for different languages plus the amount of time he's That's spent true. in this room. Yeah. He's been here enough times in, in the last sort of 20 years so you think he would get the hang of it but never mind he got there. Yeah <laughs> well I, I don't have any problems understanding you so I think we'll do just fine. So since um, you're new to this show uh, first of all thank you for coming on it's always good no. and it's a goal of the Kiss FAQ podcast to represent the world and to re- represent fans wherever they are from um, and it's just a, a very good opportunity even though I said I wasn't going to do any more episodes about the vault the uh, we'll sneak one more in <laughs> yeah I think just one more because the Australia kind of tour and vault experience was different than anywhere else in the world uh, yeah from what, read, what you guys did yeah absolutely so well yeah it, it, had that, it had that kind of extra bonus of having ace fairly yeah yeah big bonus so before absolutely. we get started let's find out a little bit about you with my standard inquisition questions of what got you into kiss what was your first your first memory of kiss that actually got you interested in the band Right. Um, I have to go back 1979. Um, you probably heard of a, a TV show we had here, Countdown. Aye. Molly Meldrum was the host. Um, and Kiss were about to explode or just exploding in this country. Um, and seeing them on there, I was made for loving you. And they did an interview on the uh, the World Trade Center where Ace was drunk. Um, Look, it's rock and roll, that thing. <laughs> Which, you know, as a, I think I was about eight at that stage and um, 47 now, so 39 years of, of uh, following them. But, yeah, um, seeing that video and they were kind of like, at that point, I think I was into, you know, Superman and Hulk and Batman and things like that. So it was kind of like having um, four superheroes with the capes and the big, you know, larger-than-life character that they, were, they all were. Um, yeah, it was sort of hard to resist as a... As a young kid, so yeah. So, what was your first album then? Uh, would it be right to assume uh, uh, that Dynasty? Un- unmasked, ah, unmasked, good. as good. you would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was um, the first. I think I'd heard Dynasty. I think uh, a friend of mine had it, and you you know heard all the songs. And um, but I think the first album I own was Unmasked, which to this day is probably my favorite between that one and Creatures. Probably my two sort of favorite. You know, I can't split them, but um, uh, Creatures are certainly more Kiss-like, but Unmasked has got that special, you know, it introduced me to them, you know, in terms of the album that I played, you know, till it wore out kind of thing. So, yeah. 
Right. I, th I think at one point, just about everyone in Australia had a copy of either Dynasty or Unmasked <laughs> in their house. It was probably more like a yeah. plague in that country for what was a population of about 15 million. You see the turnout for the vault and the concerts and that. It's still <clears throat> there's still that level of you know those you know they're all we're all 40, 50 now, but um, getting introduced to them at that young age and it was such a massive thing. Though you know, Kisteria was just you know um, I don't know if you could compare it to what you got in the US. They had you know 77, 78 sort of period. We kind of had 79, 80 into 81 a little bit, but um, it was just everywhere. You know. Turn on the TV, they were there. The, all the newspapers, magazines, it was all kiss, kiss, kiss. So, yeah. From from someone who got into the band during what, I mean, is an absolutely mm. amazing part of the history. I mean, Kisteria in Australia really is mm. kind of the last golden high point until the reunion for the band. Yep. Did you stay a fan as a result of that through thick and thin? I did, yeah. Um, and I've said it a few times, and in recent times it's been topical because meeting Gene and all that. Um, they kind of carried me through, you know, you go through that sort of awkward teen years and um, sort of the, the tough times that you have in life. And that were the only constant for me, like I always had their music and always had the latest. And it was hard to get info down here. It was really, <clears throat> they didn't tour for a lot of years. And there was a lot of sort of, I think, 16 magazine, maybe for a year or two after the kind of hysteria wore off, still had some uh, some articles. But yeah, until they probably took the makeup off and did the animal eyes and that kind of stuff, started to get a little bit more. But, yeah, it was pretty lean for, for well, they didn't tour here for 15 years. So it was, um, apart from the albums, there wasn't a lot to wasn't a lot to sort of hang on to, you know. But hmm. What was their sort of visibility in, uh, in Australian pop culture throughout <laughs> the 1980s with albums like Animal Eyes Asylum or Crazy Nights? Had they really dropped off the face of the earth there after that high yeah, point in 1980? I, I sort of remember a lot of times walking into record stores and there was, you know, obviously pre-internet and all those sort of things. You just have to um, find them. But I'd walk into record stores and there'd be the new Kiss album. Like, oh, wicked, you know, <laughs> and then save your money so you could buy it. But it wasn't like you knew it was coming like you do now and, you know, the months of hype and stuff. It was just walk in and there was an album. Hey, I know those guys. And, <laughs> you know, you'd, you'd grab it but or if you could. But, um, yeah, visibility was minimal. Um you know, a few magazine articles, very rare that you'd see anything about them on TV. Um, so, yeah, you really had to – yeah, it wasn't it wasn't easy. But, um, as I say, they kind of helped me through those, you know, tough teen years and going into adulthood because they were the only kind of thing that was there that was dependable, I guess. You know, you could always rely on the next Kiss album, the next batch of songs to – to carry you through so yeah mm. pr pretty much it got to the point of come september you knew there was a kiss album coming in the 80s yeah. so you know and i think even here we might have got them later than what the u.s did i think it wasn't kind of the release you know might have been a remember a couple of years getting it for christmas and things like that so i feel like we might have been a little bit behind back then um i may be wrong with the release dates but it just felt like we always maybe that's the only time my mum could buy them was you know <laughs> after had to say for a couple of months to get them and christmas came around but yeah it always felt like the album was out and then we'd get it after that but yeah yeah that's, that's kind of how it was so i'm going to put you on the spot and make you choose your flavor of kool-aid who is your uh, your favorite uh, member of the band i i go between gene and paul uh they've, they've sort of been there you know they've been there all the way through paul for the longest time but i guess lately um sort of leaning back back more towards 
gene, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you're splitting hairs with those two. But uh, my favourite four would probably be the Revenge lineup. Eric Singer is my favourite drummer. Bruce, um, and Ace. I mean, Ace is Ace. He's he's amazing, and you know, some of those amazing solos that he created. So he's right up there. But yeah, I probably, you know, Vinny and Mark are probably the two that I don't have a lot of, you know care factor is minimal but the rest of them are all sort of pretty pretty important players i guess so hmm. now before we get into talking about the vault experience and i'm, I'm not <laughs> going to turn this into an episode about the history of kiss in australia because we don't have people from perth melbourne and sydney on as well to represent <laughs> yeah. those cities but um 1995 obviously you've just said that you, your line the revenge lineup is one of your favorites did you see any of the shows in 1995 because that was like probably the high point for that band the power of and the glory of their yeah. live performances was that mini tour they did it was they did uh they did the conventions either i think the night before or a couple of days before each proper concert um they were the, the official conventions they played um here they did at the the ballroom the same place we did the gene vault the other day funnily enough um and similar to what they did in the u.s with those official conventions they had like the museum and the you know they did the unplug set and stuff like that um, but yeah, it, I remember it being fairly well hyped because it had been so long since they'd been here. But, um, you know, you fast forward two years from that and the reunion happens and it's, it's massive, you know, compared with that. So, but yeah, that was a pretty special era for me. I think that, you know, cause I sort of, I play drums myself. I've been in a lot of bands and, um, that revenge lineup was so musically so solid. Um, and Eric Singer being such a showman and all that sort of thing. It was, it was, um, yeah, it was sort of the came along at the right time in terms of them being like really good musos rather than just being Kiss and doing those songs. So, yeah. Yeah, it was very bare bones, and the set was absolutely massive at that time. Mm. What they reached yeah. in 1995 was really kind of a high point of the Unmasked era. So let's let's move into the Vault experience. Obviously, Australia was a little bit hard done by. You were on the schedule to have your Vault experience in February of this year, yeah. soon after the first two Vault events. Um, obviously, I did L.A., and then I think it was Miami came next, and then Gene was going to jet off to Australia. And his original yeah. intention was always to combine um live performances concerts with the the vault experiences at what yeah. point did you purchase the vault and what was what was kind of the thing that made you make that decision because it's a hell well, of an I investment purchased the vault uh my wife cindy bought it for me for my birthday which was august 3rd okay uh, gene simmons was on uh, a tv show uh, denton's i think it's called interview where he um he did like a via satellite thing with Gene and as I'm sitting there watching it she could you know she knew my kiss obsession she doesn't really get into them at all but she was watching me and as she's sitting on the other couch she's literally paying for it online as I'm sitting there watching it and didn't tell me until the day of my birthday that that's what she'd done so needless to say I was um, pretty emotional. <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, absolutely, so that's I, absolutely brilliant. I mean, who who wouldn't yeah. get a, a, a massive uh, response from their wife just doing that for them while they're sitting yeah. on the couch? I mean, that's a, an absolutely amazing present to receive from her. Absolutely, yeah. And it, something I'd never do myself, you know. I mean, I just feel like as amazing as it was, it's such a lot of money, you know. So, um, yeah, the fact that she did it, it was okay. So <laughs> I'll just have to up the ante when it's her birthday next, I guess. 
So un- unlike most of the other Australian fans, then you hadn't had a long wait for it or the disappointment of it being postponed. No, because you had, you had, you had nothing in things, it. Yeah, I'd heard about that stuff, but um, <clears throat> to me, I was just an observer, thinking, "Oh, that's a bit of a bummer," and you know, and all I had because I knew the concert was happening, and I bought tickets for that. I think the end of last year, when they went on sale for mm-hmm. the February shows, I just bought the concert ticket. Um, so yeah, I thought, oh, well, I have to wait. And, um, we were sort of planning an overseas trip later this year, which I was thinking, I bet my luck, I'll plan the overseas trip. Then they'll get rescheduled and it'll be when I'm away sort of thing. But, um, well, it's not till November. So yeah, it worked out okay. But, um, yeah, so I wasn't, I wasn't, um, affected by it because yeah, I didn't know that that was coming until was August 3rd. Um, and then, so it's only had to wait three or so weeks to, to do it so bonus <laughs> yeah I, I think a lot of people are probably growling a little bit right now that you didn't have uh, eight months of suffering waiting for gene well, to I, actually I mean, get there yeah. um and there was a vibe of that around and I'm, I'm on a facebook group that um, there's been a little bit of back and forth between you know fans saying they're not happy with this not happy with that and you know here's me pop up you know all excited and not having to go through all that so yeah johnny come lately i was following some of the australian facebook groups and i must say um on the one hand i felt there was a lot of overthinking it rather than just waiting for it to happen and see what happened because every vault experience has been different but that's so easy for someone like me to say who's been to a couple of them already when mine hasn't been postponed Yeah, a bit disingenuous on my part because um, it, it's obviously a, a bit more expensive for Australians to purchase the vault um, and, yeah. and, and the weight involved. But uh, also, there is no fixed dynamic to how the vault takes place mm. other mm. than Gene is going to show up and hand deliver your vault to you at some location. That's kind of the only yeah. part that's yeah. guaranteed. Some other parts are, are vastly different because of timing, scheduling and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and for Adelaide was the first Australian vault. Um, it was different than the other three that took place in Australia. It was, yeah. They originally was going to all happen on the 28th, um, the vault that day and then the concert um, that night, as they did in all the other three states. But um, because of the fact that they flew in from Quebec, I think it's pronounced in Canada. Um, and they literally landed apparently at 4:30 when um, when they told us to arrive at the venue to pick up all the gear to to do the vault thing. So um, so they must have known, you know, schedule wise they weren't going to be there. So had a spare day the next day. So it worked out really well that we got to do the concert that night, do all that stuff, and then it was the next day. It was really relaxed. It was a full, you know, felt like five or six hours in the room with with Gene and Ace and the and the band guys, so yeah, was, was really relaxed rather than didn't feel as rushed as what some of them have described the other ones as being, you know. No, and and there were quite a lot of vaults sold for the Adelaide event. By my reckoning, it was nearly forty. I think thirty nine were handed out at that. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, and that was thirty. We counted thirty four in the room, hmm. uh, but there was a couple I think that had had theirs already delivered and brought them with them and stuff like that. I don't know for whatever reason, but. Um, so they must have ordered them online, got them delivered, and then brought them to the thing to get signed and meet Gene and all that stuff. So, so what were the special um, components of the vault experience that were provided to you, and how were how were all of these things communicated to you? Obviously, I should be wearing my "I'm with Keith" T-shirt because I'm a big fan of Keith Valcourt and how he's conducted yeah, himself. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I know, you know, as I say, people complain about some of the things, but um, my personal experience was he was he was great the whole way through. Um, and, we, yeah, we got an email maybe the <clears throat> maybe the week before saying um, arrive at this time and this is what will happen and you're going to get the sound check. That was our kind of one of our bonus things was to see the sound check. Um, there was no Q&A or the acoustic, although there was a Q&A, which we found out later was just a bit of a bonus. But they said they're not going to do the acoustic performance that they have been doing. Um, what else was there? Um it's a bit of a blur now, but <laughs> yeah, I think the songs and story, the acoustic thing that he's yeah. that Gene yeah. has done, he's done that from January. He did it with Ace for me, and it was a bit of a cluster. It was almost pointless mm. because he yeah. strummed yeah. the guitar, play a couple of chords, maybe a little bit more, and he and Ace couldn't remember anything. Basically, you yeah, know, it, some of the, and it was yeah, you're right. It was a bit messy. It was um, just kind of more. It was, it was good to see the camaraderie and having a the few camaraderie shows, and comedic value for me yeah. is what was kind of the only thing to come out of the songs and stories it wasn't a proper like storytellers mtv broadcast where gene plays a song with a band and then talks about yeah. it. It, it, it so i don't think missing out on that um was actually missing out on anything from my perspective obviously when you bought the vault and you're sitting there do, do you feel that you missed it with everything else that they did the sound check no, and and I feel like the fact that on the day of the vault, they had that little half an hour Q&A, which I'm sure you watched the, the footage of. Um, yeah, that was like, wasn't announced. It wasn't, they just walked out and sat down on the vaults and started, you know, answering questions. Um, another part of it was we got on the night before at the concert, the vault buyers got to go on stage for one song, um, which they had the the girls went up for do you love me and the guys went up for i love it loud and then you could all come up at the end which i've seen the one in brisbane i think and there was like 100 people on stage which is pretty crowded but yeah so it, that was it becomes concert. a bit of a madhouse so let's 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 start with the concert um mm -hmm. you you get there at 4 30 um for, yep. for sound check and we know that the 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 backing band phil shouse uh jeremy asbrock um, oh, my lights just went off in the background. So, um, awesome. um, Christopher Williams from Accept, who's the drummer, and who am I forgetting? Uh, Phil, uh, Ryan, Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah. Did so, so they had basically just met Ace for the first time at that sound yeah. check. Yeah. Oh, you, when you went into the sound check, um, was it already in progress, or were Ace's Ace and the band yet to come out? And how did the uh, the sound check kind of get conducted? So the band guys were already on stage, plugging in, tuning up. There was half a dozen roadies walking around, sticking wires down and doing all those things that they do. Um, and they started running through a song or two, and then I think Ace came out. And um, they were really, you know, you could see they were tight. They were a really good band. And, I'd, you know, I'd seen plenty of footage of the other shows they'd done. <clears throat> and then... Um, once Ace came up, it all kind of went, and literally he was meeting him, you know, that day. So, um, and he had issues with the guitar that he had, um, and it all, it almost felt awkward. It felt because he was just basically standing there, just strumming the guitar for, felt like ten minutes, and everyone was sort of started to mumble like, "Is that it?" You know, and um, one of the guys up front got angry. He's like, "This is Ace Freely. Show some respect," you know, because we were all kind of you know, murmuring amongst ourselves that, you know, what's this guy's lost it. You know, there was kind of this awkward thing. And then um, then they started running through a few songs. He, he sort of messed up a little bit and 
you know, he's ace. He does he does that. But um, but yeah, I mean, it was cool to see the whole setup. I know I kind of joking. Around. Gene didn't come out, which was a bit of a downer. Um, <clears throat> Gene was was they I don't even promise. They never really promised anything. They said that I'll do sound check. You can watch the band, and um, so I think Jeremy or Phil played bass. I think maybe Phil played bass for the Ace Band, and then then there was the extra guitarist when Gene was out there. But during sound check, yeah, we didn't see Gene. Ace was up there for most of it. Um, yeah, and, and when Ace finished the sound check, I thought, geez, this is going to be really disappointing, you know, because Ace was sloppy. But he stepped up when the actual concert proper happened. He was a lot more solid. Um, yeah, yeah, I, th- I, I think he probably had a little bit more time with the guitar. From what yeah, I, I yeah. saw of it, it was basically his first time touching that guitar, and it may not have yeah. been set up to his kind of feel. Yeah, and, 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 I know, and I as we know from other ones. I know guitarist guys that I've been in bands with, they talk about the action and, you know, yeah. you, you play guitar. But, yeah, um, so they talk about things like that. And um, he said that the next day in the Q&A that he had, you know, didn't like the guitar he got given and all those sorts of things. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, hats off. Once the once the proper show was on, he, he stepped up and he, he delivered. So, yeah. Well, let me ask you, having you probably watched some of the songs and stories on <clears> – <throat> on YouTube because most of them have been filmed. Do you feel it was a good substitute that it made it, uh, the event different for you? And do you take a positive out of that part of the experience over yeah. uh, the songs and stories? I think so. I mean, it would have been good to have the songs and stories thing if it was, you know, um, if it was there instead, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, you know, complained, but um, <clears throat> having seen him, you know, you, you get to see everything these days because you can watch that stuff on YouTube and, and then, you know, it's not quite the same as being there, but then to do this was kind of our special twist on it. You know, we got to see the sound check and apparently, um, Brisbane, he was up, Gene was up there as well doing sound check. And, you know, so as a whole, you know, we got something pretty unique that, um, that wasn't anywhere else, I guess. So there's, there's that. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure so, what, what, what the, what, what the kind of organizational challenges are, but I do know that there were mixing boards at the uh, locations for the ones in the U S in order to have a proper sound system to do a songs and stories. So that just may have been a technical hurdle that they did not want to deal with, especially when Mm -hmm. they've got shows going on concurrently. So, you know, it, 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 I think as a KISS fan, you know, if you ask, what would you rather have the songs and stories or sound check access? Most KISS fans are going to say, I want both. So, (laughs) Yeah, we're never happy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's yeah, it's kind of cool that, um, yeah, we got our own little special thing that, that wasn't anywhere else, and you guys had your special thing by having the songs and stories. So yep. it might have got boring by now. Like you said, it sort of run its course a little bit. Yeah, you yeah. You can it, only tell it goes it, so many times and – you know, so, yeah, they they yeah. they all did become very the same and very middling in, in my opinion. How long between the sound check, um, roughly, did it take for the the show to start? And of course, Ace was opening up. Yep, I think uh, I think it was forty minutes. I think he started right on seven forty, and he had an extra song to play in his proper set. And he said he came out and he said, "I got one. I can only do one. Should I play this or should I play that? I can't remember which the two were, but." the crowd kind of cheered for whichever one, and he played that. I think he played Cold Gin last, so he cut. Uh, it's all a bit of a blur. but um, So <clears throat> Gene and co must have said, you know, you've got exactly an hour, and he's sort of about to go over the hour, so they so they cut him short a little bit. But, 
Yeah, um, I, it was Detroit Rock City was on the set. That's what it was too. Yeah, yeah and and he finished up with Colgen. What did you think of the set? I mean, uh, just quickly for anyone who hasn't been mm-hmm. online in the last month, uh, he did Parasite, Hard Times, Two Thousand Man, Rock Soldiers, Rip It Out, Love Gun uh, with Phil on vocals, Rocket Ride, Strange Ways with uh, Chris on vocals, Talk to Me, New York Groove, and Shock Me, and and finishing up with Colgen. And of course, Adelaide was the only city in which he did Talk to Me. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Okay. I believe. Uh, from what I've yeah. seen of the other sets, that was dropped the following night and never returned. But uh, Detroit Rock yeah. City, I think. Yeah, it was The sound check, it was, I remember being pretty horrible. Um, and, uh, yeah, hadn't played it for a while with his, with his band. Um, yeah, something wasn't quite right with it. So maybe that's why. Um, I can't remember it in the proper set, but, um, yeah, it was a bit a bit shaky in the, in the sound check. So maybe, yeah, just decided it was better to you know, stick to stuff he was solid in playing. So, um, yeah, I think the set was good. It was probably fairly predictable. Um, <clears throat> you know, some people say he should have played one of the new ones that he's released. Um, but, you know, um, we've all heard him online, all sort of done that. So um, the only thing I have, and it's the same when Kiss play Shock Me and those things, I'd rather stick to the songs that are theirs, like, Detroit and Love Gun don't have any place in an ace set, I don't think. I mean, they're, they're iconic for their solos, but um, it's sort of like either all do them or no one does them, I guess. It's sort of one of those, you know, I'd rather see ace play. I mean, something like Love Me Right or something would be cool or, you know, We Got Your Rock. Or, I mean, you're probably dreaming a little bit to ask for those, but some of those. Those, are, those, are, those are two very good selections, by the way, uh, in all, all of my other shows where we've uh, talked about the A songs that we like to be in there. No one's ever mentioned Love Me Right, and that used to be done in 87, and that was yeah. always goes across really well. I think, you know, Love Gun and Detroit Rock City, I'm not a big fan of those songs being in the set either, but I do see mm-hmm. that he needs um, a bit of help with the vocal load. So Yeah, that's probably a fair point, and the other guys can can fill in the, the spots there and even when he does love gun his drummer plays the, the normal drummer he has with the other band plays uh, does the singing on that one doesn't he yes and uh, and, and chris did yeah. on 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 this tour so and you know ace's greatest hits you know he I don't think we're ever going to get them to kind of figure out that it is really only diehards who are attending these shows now. Yeah. And, and that it's they could... little theater ones. It's not like they're in the arena with, you know, the, the big, you know, 50% of them being casuals that just want to see the big show. Where actually when you're in a theater like that, and I think Gene did a bit better in that. He kind of played a few more fan favorites, you know, than, than just playing the, I mean, he still did a few that were, you know, I love it loud. I was made for loving news. No, you know, and had a girl sing it at every, every show, I think. So, yeah. So they brought up the vault purchasers were like given hints about when to show up uh, near the stage yep. in order for I'm I'm gonna do it I'm gonna just do it one of those horrible Aussie thing for the Sheilas to go up for do, do you love <laughs> me and the blokes to go up uh, for what I love it loud uh, yep. uh, on jeans. <sighs> And I, I've just jumped ahead as well, so uh, I, I, I want to just rewind okay. briefly to, to the Ace show. Um, Attendance-wise, wh- what was the the venue like in terms – I think it was the Entertainment Center Theater. Um, yeah. Was it full, was or six, how, how was it set up? Uh, it was kind of normal, the stage at one end and the, the floor area, which I've been to other events, uh, and I've had seating, but more for a concert, it's just standing area. Uh, and then there's like a, a raised 
grandstand, if you like, at the back. Um, and I've I've read on their website that it holds 1,600, um, and maybe there was 1,400 there or something. So, um, but that you know, somebody wrote that on Facebook, so it could be <laughs> could be fact, it could be sort of fiction. But yeah, um, it was a pretty good crowd in there, so it felt like a good you know semi full sort of thing. So, and they they sold a lot of cheap ones, uh, 50 bucks each instead of 140 something that we paid way back in February. So. <laughs> Ouch. You know, so, mm, that's, yeah. that's kind of the way and that goes. Got given to with the vault, you get two tickets to the show as well. So we had four and only needed two. So, um, and yet, of course, because they were cheap, no one was going to buy them off you for any sort of money. So, no. But the good thing was, I got to kind of go down the front, do the sound check, and do all that, and then go up to the seats and have a view. So I kind of went between the two spots the whole night, sort of thing. So. So let me ask you about uh, one last question on Ace's set. Was there a high point and a low point for you personally during his proper performance? Um, actually, I think Cole Jin. I think it's the way they played it. And by then they really hit their straps and they were um, – because I think, you know, coming together with him being the way he is and, and the band only meeting him that day took him a little bit to gel. But I think by – as the set went on um, – and Cole Jin, yeah, just had that sort of – had that energy to it, and um, it's always a good song anyway. I think it's one of those one of those crowd pleasers. But yeah, I think yeah that one. Um, maybe Rock Soldiers. I've never seen that live. It's one of those ones that um, you know it's, it's a somewhat of a an eighty well it's an eighties one. It comes from that era, so it's always good when he pulls out those. And um, nothing from there was nothing from the two recent albums either, was there? Anomaly and no, no. Interesting, but yeah, that's the only disappointment. And it it was the same for the two shows that I saw earlier in the month. That you know, it was much more of a greatest hits kind of thing, um, and and classic stuff. I love Cold Jim when Ace does it. That's just Mm. one of those songs, obviously, that he didn't do with the band uh, back in the day. That that it's it's always a high point for me personally too. Yeah, yeah. What about low point? You know, was there anything that you really felt didn't quite work for him that night? Um, you know, taking into account the challenges. To me, um, but again, I don't really remember it in the proper set, just the sound check. But um, and I think just his general looseness, and I know you know he he's sort of famous for that. But um, yeah, he just I feel like he just had an off night. Um, and a mate of mine, John, who was there, he was down the front, and he said he's seen him the last couple of tours with Alice Cooper. He came here maybe last year, or um, said he was a lot better that time than this show but um he himself may have just landed that day and you know had a bit of jet lag going on and things like that so um but yeah i mean he wasn't horrible but he was um he was loose and he was like the worst musician on the stage if that makes sense you know he was like the which really you sort of think ace really should be up here and you know they should be but it was sort of like they were carrying him a little bit the other guys in the band but um but yeah it was still yeah he, no, he, he he is Ace Frehley, and he is the one yeah. who inspired, I think, all of the guitarists on that stage oh, exactly. to, yeah. to pick yeah. up the instrument. And as he likes. <laughs> yeah, and and just to you know be devil's advocate somewhat, you know, uh, I don't know when Ace flew, and I think he had a couple of extra days um, beforehand because he knew he needed more time to get over jet lag. But only yeah. meeting your band roughly 40 mm, minutes oh, yeah. before hitting the stage no matter how good that band is and can play all the material ace is still not in sync with them and yeah, no, exactly. you know maybe he, know maybe he misses richie 
it's the same thing. You, you, much as you know, might know the material and they know it, it's still gelling together is, is the hard thing. So yeah. definitely cutting some slack in that area. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, Gene set. Uh, intermission. How long did it take between Ace's set finishing <coughs> and um, Gene being ready? So I, um, I, I read it was half an hour. Um, Ace finished about 8.40 and we thought, okay, half an hour from then is obviously 10 past nine. Um, we went out to get some food and stuff like that and then started hearing Deuce being played. So <laughs> sort of did the big rush back in. So we missed the intro of, of Gene. Um, and I, I, he did the radioactive intro part, oh, I believe. Yeah. Um, so we sort of heard that and I thought that's live, you know, and we, oh damn. So might've missed the, you know, a couple of minutes of the, of the first bit, but, um, yeah, it was sort of like it felt the impact of it was, you know, walking into there and he was already into it. It was like, holy shit, that's Gene Simmons. You know, he <laughs> was, he's a, he's quite a presence, you know? So, yeah. Really cool. Now he'd just gotten off a plane shortly before the show. How did he seem physically? I, I from what I, I think I read online that he made too many crocodile Dundee jokes throughout the night, which just yeah. to me speaks of jet lag and just being tired and not really yeah. knowing how and he, he wants to talk to you. All the way through, I'm not tired and we're not tired, and you know he, he mentioned a few times they'd flown 22 hours nonstop, different flights and different airports and things to get there that afternoon um but it's, it's like he was saying i'm not tired i'm not tired to try and convince himself of that but um but he was really odd he was in a weird sense you know he had a weird sense of humor and um and that he made that you know that joke about paul voice and stuff like that so which has kind of gone viral um <clears throat> but yeah he was he was in a funny mood um and three or four songs in they started jamming on things really loosely like they played half of a song or a the intro and then that move on, which is sort of, I know they're always loose, but that was really, it was cool to see. Um, I think almost human sweet pain, uh, two or three that they kind of got a little bit into it. And he just did the, you know, cut, I don't know it. <laughs> and then they moved on, but. Yeah. So yeah. what's your, what's your impression of the Gene Simmons band? Obviously they are very tight. Uh, Gene's worked with most of those guys now for, um, nearly a couple of years uh mm. they've, they've got a lot of shows under their belt but you know here's a very unusual part of history seeing gene simmons perform solo uh, how do you evaluate him as a solo performer compared to maybe paul stanley i think he's come a long way i i, I saw the first few uh, solo shows that he did which going back i don't know how long ago now a couple of years whatever and he played fine and the band was good but his in between song stuff was really um you know, he didn't really know he'd never done that. So, but now he's kind of got that, he's got the command of the stage and all those sorts of things when it comes to conducting the the audience and knowing what to say and all this sort of thing. So he's, he's come a long way in that area. But um, yeah, the band is super tight, super good band. Um, met them all the day after, which we'll get to later. But really, they're almost like fans that got to, you know, the backstory, they got to kind of, go on stage with one of their heroes. So it's, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool story, I think. But, yeah, they seemed, uh, they seemed to be, even Gene himself seems to enjoy that more than he does Kiss now, I think. Like, it's, it's, a nice, it's a bit of a pressure release, you know, a bit of fun rather than having to be carrying all the gear and doing the act and all that sort of thing. He can just be himself a bit more. So He can go out and play any song in the catalogue with those guys. <laughs> yeah. I know that Kiss has said they can play anything with Tommy and Eric, uh, but they don't. 
and they won't. Just, yeah, it doesn't mean they do. And, yeah. and they yeah. can't, you know, in, in essence, uh, most shows. So because you do yeah. have so mm. many casual fans who are going, so you, they can't yeah. play songs that, to please five people in the audience. And, um, you know, that makes sense. How, do you think it, Gene's having fun? Did he seem to be enjoying himself? But before Absolutely. before I, I before we kind of go into some of the songs in the set and things that aren't there, what was kind of the immediate response to the comments about Paul. When I saw the clip come up and uh, I, my immediate impression was, oh my God, he went there. Yeah, that was it. It was a, a collective wall. Did he really say that? <laughs> it was like this, it sort of swept around the, around the arena as, as it was said, it was kind of, wow, awkward, you know, and everyone sort of looked at each other and um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a, you know, I guess if he had his time over, he wouldn't have, wouldn't have went there, but um, well, he did it. it he did it again a couple of nights later, so apparently not. Um, yeah, but didn't he? Did he do that, or was it? Was it? Did he say bullshit or something? But he might have been referring to. I've seen the clip somewhere. It was, yeah, um, he, he kind of masked. It, you could you so, could take it either way. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just. But one yeah, of those the, yeah. <clears throat> he does have a. You know, he was having a definitely having a dig there, but um, yeah, I, I, I guess. It just seems like he's more, yeah, just enjoying it more and just being off the leash a little bit, just playing the songs, having some fun. The band guys are great. There's no pressure on him to, to play the demon thing, you know, which, you know, he's done for all these years. So, hmm. What did you think of the set? Because he did do a lot of the, the deep cuts. He had kind of the, the greatest gene hits as well as uh, stuff like Radioactive, Charisma, <laughs> Plaster Caster. Um, she's so Europe. I'm sorry. She's so Australian. She's um, so Australian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, doesn't work. You know what? What uh, did you think of it overall? Overall, good. Again, you know, you could you could ask for a couple more rather than I love it loud. And although that was a song that we got up on, the blokes got up on stage. So, um, so that was cool. But um, yeah, there's always going to be those must-do songs like Deuce. I mean, you know, it's always an iconic sort of thing, but um, but overall, I think, you know, uh, he didn't play Are You Ready, which would have been cool. Because um, that, I mean, that's, for me, that's the best song on the vault, I think. That's, that's you know. Um, but yeah, that would have been good to hear that live. And he did it at the other shows, I believe. But um, yeah, again, no complaints. It was, it was, you know, I think when you're in the moment and you're up there, they could they could play, you know, The Elder. And it, well, The Elder would be pretty amazing. But, you know, they could play whatever and it'd be cool because you're, you're seeing them live so you know it's never any uh never any big deal i mean i've seen kiss a few times in recent years i've done the same set list exactly and it's still when you're in the moment it's great it's, 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 it's still the show yeah time, you know, so. hmm. yeah I, I mean i went to uh, edmonton to see the gene simmons band and you know, he didn't do some of the songs that I had hoped, but still the ones that he did do were very enjoyable. And just watching the band and mm, Gene's mm. interaction or fumbling somewhat as a, a front man was very entertaining. Yeah. So it, for me, it was entertaining for these Australian sets. I mean, I was looking at the Quebec uh, show set and, you know, they had done, you know, Are You Ready? And but that's really the only big one that wasn't there. I, I was a little bit disappointed to not see that or it's my life or yeah. I in the set list, but yeah. what he did give you was still very good. Um, anyway, I think so. he did I, maybe did he do I in Melbourne or Sydney? One of them. Um, yes, he did in, in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. 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 Melbourne had a much longer set because it had, uh, 
and I've just seen an error in myself list here. He did almost human as well, so just a, a little bit more, but understanding jet lag. Um, mm. You know, yeah. it, it is what it is. You never know what you're going to get in the set, whether it's Kiss, whether it's uh, Gene, whether it's Ace, because even yeah. you know, like it was the case with Ace, Detroit Rock City was on the set list and didn't get performed. So that's right. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. it doesn't matter. So mm. the show ends. Um, when prior to that, just quickly, I'll, this was the, uh, the when the guys got to go up the um, I Love It Loud. Um, and they did. The, they said when War Machine starts, go to the back, go to the side of the stage, and you know if you got your wristband on, you get to go up. And um, so ducked around the back, and we we um, went up there and walking on stage, and you know it's the weirdest feeling to be Gene Simmons in front of you, bass around his neck, you know, seven foot tall, even without the big boots on, he's, he's a tall man, um, and there's couple of thousand people in front of you it's it's pretty surreal and there's the lights and there's the the rest of the band are there and they're all sweaty and it's kind of like you know being a musician myself that plays in little pubs and clubs and things it's um to be on a somewhat of a big stage and to feel that you know that power and looking across and gene simmons is plucking away on the bases it's pretty surreal you know so um so that was that was part of the vault package as well that all those guys got to do which was yeah that was that was really special so yeah once in a lifetime to be on stage with Gene Simmons, you know. So, yeah, mm. he, he's a big fella who's uh, a powerful and An attractive. Man. <laughs> well, I was I was gonna say I wasn't gonna say attractive. I was gonna say intimidating. He has a yeah. he has a certain amount of menace to him, uh, just mm. with how mm. he does kind of his body language and his composure. Yeah. So yeah. He, he can he can be very intimidating. So I'm not Absolutely. a big I, and I've said it before on shows. I am not a big fan of letting people on stage. It's just one of those things in the post Dimebag world that I I've, I've really been yeah. uncomfortable yeah. with, yeah. Um, especially mm-hmm. with how some people have behaved on stage at these Gene events, getting in his way, uh, not getting yeah. off the stage, bumping him being more interested in doing selfies but you know what it's his stage if he wants to share well, actually, it warned us earlier he said don't be hanging out with your phones and trying to get photos because you won't like it um once it's time to go you know i'll be i'll be up there walking everybody off and there was a few that straggled around a little bit and he was um you know almost grabbing them by the shirt and dragging them off the stage but um that, that ha- happened in all four shows i believe from the footage i've seen but you know, for the most part, I think you know people are on and off. But as a as a pe- person in the audience watching it, it is a bit you know, um, hurry up and get to the next song. But when you're up there, it's you know you're seeing it from that side. It, it's it's pretty cool. So um, yeah, it was just a an awesome little bonus as part of the whole package. So. Mm. And of course, he had "I Was Made for Loving You" in the set, and he had an audience member or some random female. No, I think, I think that lady name is was a, Rose. Yeah, local singer. And I think yeah. he got somebody at all four shows to do that song, and um, he picked a girl, local sort of artist, up and coming artist to do that song. So I feel like they're obligated to play that song because they're in Australia, but you know we don't really care if we don't hear it. <laughs> you know, what, but um, you would you, you would rather have had Shandy, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a bit of a myth, you know, the, the Shandy thing down here. It's not anywhere near as at the time it was, but it, it's. Um, these days, I was made for loving you, rock and roll all night, shout it out loud, sure know something. That's probably the only four that you hear. Um, Shandy's forgotten. It's funny, but it seems to be attached to us forever. But um, it's not the not quite as didn't it didn't have lasting power like some of the other 
Kiss songs did, you know. But um, well, mm. you've got something to look forward in 2019 when uh, the band returns down under. Yeah. You, you're you're sure to get Paul <laughs> saying you're yeah. going to get Shandy and you're going to like it. So <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> the show wraps up and uh, day two. What time did uh, all of the events for uh, the uh, actual experience start? Okay, so that was at the Hilton uh, Ballroom uh, at. Uh, 12.30, I believe. They said get there about 12.30, and we arrived right on time. Um, and as luck would have it, we stood, wife and I stood. Um, we didn't know we were standing in the right spot. We were closest to the stairs that went up to the top. We had no idea where it was supposed to go. And um, Keith comes sort of halfway down the stairs and gives everybody a wave and signals us to come up the stairs. So when we get to the top, we were first. So he says, come on then, sort of gestured us over and, put the wristbands on and I had number one on me, which meant I was number one. So <laughs> first up, um, so I always hang my hat on the fact that I was the very first person in this country to get a bolt. So I'm kind of happy with that, but, um, or to get delivered one, you know, hand delivered. Um, so yeah, so, um, probably half an hour between getting there, getting upstairs, everyone get the wristbands sort of standing around at the front and then they opened the doors and we went into the main room. Um, where the uh, meet and greet part was going to take place. Um, and then I can't remember the timeline. It wasn't long. And, and Keith came out and said that uh, Gene and Ace were going to come and do a, a Q&A, which wasn't part of anything. They just had a you know half an hour to, to spare. So gave us something extra for our time, which was good. Um, and I'm sure you've seen that footage. Now, the Q&A was a good 30 minutes. Um, yeah. Or, or close to 30 minutes. And uh, it was full of, well, Ace was obviously in very good form when he could hear the questions. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was, and he, he made some comments about Vinnie Vincent. Um, but it, it, had a it seemed very day. relaxed. So, you know, just give us yeah, the, the, the 20,000 foot view of the Q&A yeah. and what you recall. Uh, what were the high points that you can immediately recall? Uh, well, very early on. Um, Gene's talking. He's telling some story about how he was going to call it the Monster box set, and then Paul decided that he wanted that name for the album. Um, and then he sort of went through another name. I can't think what he said now, but um, arrived on the vault. And as he's telling the story, he turns around, and my wife and I were standing off to the to his left, and he says, "Oh, there's a pretty girl." And he points to her, and she's like all embarrassed. And he kind of did this little flirtatious thing said um i can't remember what he said but um so she's bright red and everyone sort of had a bit of an ace is kind of like you know here he goes typical gene he's doing the, the flirty thing that he does and um so yeah he was they're both you know laughing joking lots of um really good interaction you know pats on the back pats on the leg it was it was like you know best mates it was really really good to see so yeah did he say anything during the Q&A that, that kind of shocked you that you hadn't heard online or whatnot uh, to that point? Uh, nothing earth-shattering. Um, just rumours, you know, the three-year tour and that sort of stuff, and um, which we've kind of heard a little bit about. And um, But I'm surprised, and, and, you know, I could have said it myself, I guess, but it was one of those things where a few people were firing questions. It was a bit hard to hear. You can hear at the start of it there's a siren, and I was over to the side where the open door with the siren, so half of it we couldn't hear, so I'm glad someone filmed it so we could watch it later. But 
Um, I thought someone might have fired a question at him like, you know, what what's Ace's involvement going to be, you know, in this three-year tour? Is there any Ace involvement? Or not that he probably would have, you know, gave us the scoop, but, you know, you could have seen by his reaction if it was, if he vetoed it or if he just like, yeah, next question, you know, he's got to smooth it over whether it was, you know, we could get something from that. But, you know, they're not going to give anything away until the no, time Gerardo. He was jet lagged. It was your opportunity, Australia. You, true. Ad, Ad, Adelaide, you could have possibly gotten some information. No, you know, he, he seemed to ha have, uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier. He seemed to have quite a bit of difficulty with the accents. And, yeah, I, I, yeah. you know, at that point, I'm just giggling stupidly because uh, there, there was a very early version of the video up on Facebook um, from Vincent. I think his name or Vinny. Um, and I was watching that and you had the siren, you had the wind. Yeah, it was like yeah. the, the windows were open or, or what, I'm not sure it's winter time. Yeah, big glass doors and it was because it's a really balmy day. It was unusual for this time of year. It was quite warm. And, um, but the downside was when they were talking. So, I mean, Ace wasn't the only one that couldn't hear. It was really hard to, you know, and we were just silent because we were all sort of edging closer, edging <laughs> yeah. closer, you know, yeah. trying to get in so we could hear. Um, and, you know, they weren't, you know, they weren't exactly talking soft, but it was just a lot of, lot of um, background noise going on outside so um but yeah it was it was just the interaction between them was very natural it wasn't kind of forced or you know you got to see you know here's two guys that have been through it all um despite the differences and despite the drama and all those sorts of things they're still like brothers you know it was, it was evident the whole day they back and forth because ace was in the room the whole day like gene was you know so um Every now and then they crossed paths and Ace walked up behind Gene and grabbed him on the ass and gave him a little squeeze and on the ass, I should say. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you, you can speak properly just for me. I, we don't need to translate it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So obviously it was a bonus. And I, I think the other three Vault experiences did not get a Q&A like that because you guys were just shouting mm -hmm. out questions, the ones that they heard, you know, they kind of yeah. – uh, um, just answered. What I was impressed by is that it wasn't like a press gaggle. Everyone, one person at a time spoke. There wasn't a lot of over-talking from uh, the crowd. Very, you, you guys seem to be very respectful of each other and of Gene and Ace. Yeah, when, you yeah. Get, when you get into this, uh, what was it, a ballroom or a function room of some description? I guess a function room's a good way to say it. Um, there was an upstairs, there was a balcony, really nice room. Um, there was no Food, there was like lemonade and coffee and tea, but there was no food and stuff, which, you know, again, they didn't promise that, but we'd heard about it other ones and a few people walking around, where's the food? When's the food coming out? <laughs> but um, but there wasn't any. But, you know, it's one of those little things you, if it's there, great. If it's not, you're not going to, you know, email Keith a week later and where's my donuts, you know? <laughs> no, not, not everyone's going to get the uh, Capital Studios open bar and silver service waiters mm -hmm. with silver trays walking around no. with hors d'oeuvres that everyone scarfed pretty quickly. Uh, were they playing the vault in the background? Did they have any music going they were, on? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They, uh, from the moment we got in, I think pretty much the whole day, although I feel like they only had two discs, sort of like we heard the same, and I know there's a couple of double ups, different versions of, but it felt like we went through Are You Ready? and Because those are the ones that grabbed me instantly. Yeah. Um, there was that one. There was Carnival of Souls, the alternate version of that with the little breakdown in the middle, which I really like. And, yeah. Um, are You a Boy? Are You a Girl? So I kept hearing those same songs, and I'm thinking, oh, I can't wait to get this thing home because, you know, the songs that are sticking out already, you know, uh, um, yeah, really kind of 
grabbed me, so and I kept hearing them. So it wasn't obviously we weren't playing the whole thing start to finish because it would have taken 24 hours or whatever, you know. So. So you were the first vault. Um, after yep. they wrapped up the Q and A, I think Gene says, you know, let's present some vaults or something to that effect. Um, yep. Keith, did Keith shout your name? Oi, you number one. Uh, they said, "Who's number one?" And I went, you know, showed my wristband, and um, up we went. And it all it all really happened so quickly that, um, and again, and he was just doing the flirty thing with with Cindy before that. As soon as we went up, he kind of remembered her from that, and he grabbed her and he did the you know the twirl where he starts dancing with her and you know, playing. You know, she was she had no idea. She doesn't really know much about them you know didn't know which makeup he wore that kind of thing so um but to educate her in the days in the lead up but um so yeah he was kind of when i was talking to him um and all i basically said was how long i'd been a fan and you know what i was saying to you earlier how got me through those you know awkward years and you know those sorts of things and um and then he said something and i said i've, I've liked kiss for 39 years and he said what did you like before that and i said nothing i didn't music wasn't a thing until kiss came along and he goes i was actually talking to her and he, he kind of did this whole thing where i don't care what you want i'm talking to your lady you know so um so he kind of kept that going um but in the rush i mean we had a few minutes with him it was like um we forgot to get our own cameras out our own phone out and take personal photos so um, um the, the professional guy was there he took plenty of shots but we just didn't do our own so later on um i remember keith said to me or said to all of us if you've got a complaint bring it up on the day don't email me a week later and and bitch about whatever because nothing i can do about it so i went up to him and i said oh this is maybe an hour later um i said um you know i reminded him of that and he goes oh what's wrong you know he was really concerned that we weren't happy and i said oh it's all good i said we just because we were first we went through rather quickly um and in all the rush and because, you know, we didn't see anyone else doing it. We just didn't think of getting our own personal phones out. So um, he said, I can fix that. He w- walked me over to the queue, stopped the queue and put us in front of, which kind of felt awkward for the people who were next. But um, so we kind of got to do two meet and greets. And then when we got to the front, Gene said, he looked at us again and we're like, and Keith says, all right, they missed out. And blah blah. So we did the whole second one. So we kind of got a little bit spoiled in that regard. We got two you know, few minute sessions with him, so um, so that was good. And we managed to take a lot of photos on our own phone, and the professional guy took more shots, so we got we got double up. So yeah, brilliant. Well, did did um, you think about what you wanted Gene to write on your vault in advance, or did that all kind of happen right then and there? And what did he write on your vault, if uh, you don't mind sharing? Yeah, not at all. Um, I did think about it, but as I was sitting there, they had like sort of couches outside the in the um, balcony part, and I'm sitting there with Cindy and a guy that we'd met who come from Perth to do the vault. Um, his name was Sam. Just met him the day before, type of thing. And um, and I was going back and forth between what I did get written and never stop rocking because I thought that was a good comes from a live three. You know, Paul says it. I know Paul, not Gene, but it's a good it's a good mantra. You know, and I think, you know, myself playing music, it's kind of one of those things where you think you, if I can be doing it as long as they have, you know, um, obviously not at that level, but just to be able to, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter what level you are, just never stop doing what you enjoy. So, um, 
but in the end, because I, I said to Jean um, that basically all the way through since a kid till now, that's been like the soundtrack to my life, like the, the latest album and, you know, I can listen to Asylum and it reminds me of, you know, being 15. I can listen to Revenge and I'm 20-something, you know, that sort of thing. So um, what he put was proud to be the soundtrack to your life, he put on there. So, yeah, it just kind of suited my... Um, my history, if you like. So. No, that's 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 perfect. I mean, what better thing to have Gene ride other than maybe uh, uh, I took your wallet. Yeah, or blow me like you got on Eric's <laughs> Classic. So you finished. How long did you did you kind of hang out for a bit afterwards? And uh, we, um, we we took our vault. Um, um, quite heavy, as you know. Um, carried it for a couple of blocks to where we parked. Um, put it in the car and. At that point, I was just, you know, you got that kind of shaky thing still happening because you just met someone who's been your idol since you were a kid. Yeah. Um, so I took five minutes to just get my composure, <laughs> um, open the little little secret compartment, and there was nothing of note. A couple of little, um, it was like a Santa hat that was rock and brews, and a um, laminate that seemed like everybody got this 2010. Sonic Boom era sort of backstage pass. Yeah, I, I think they had a few leftovers of that, you know. Yeah. And have you had your hand up the backside of the vault yeah. to see if anything's fallen down? Um, because I, as soon as I got home, I had a proper look, and um, I got my arm wedged in there trying to, and I thought, nah, there's nothing. I felt around, and then somebody on the Gene Simmons Vault Facebook group um, said that they put their camera up there and took photos with the flash on and they saw I don't know a couple of people found everything so I did that and I found a copy of um, the 2004 Speaking in Tongues DVD it's like it's a red yeah and I already had it I think I've got it somewhere but you know it's a bonus I didn't kind of you know but it was funny it was wedged up there it's almost like they put it there on purpose to you know I think there must be a lot of people out there with vaults that have something stuck there and not even know that it's it, there. So. It's absolutely the case because, you know, obviously I was number two vault um, and mine was empty because everything had gotten oh. jammed up the back. And, oh, I see. And I yeah. hadn't opened mine in front of Gene, thank goodness, because he, he wanted to at that point. That was still part of the, the kind of the shtick of let's open mm-hmm. your secret compartment together. And yeah. I, I'm just relieved that we didn't do that because, again, I was filming it. And it was empty. It was uh, only after I got it home that stuff came loose. And, you know, Keith had sorted me out immediately. He, you know, was very, very efficient and said, you know, was, um, you know, upset about that and wanted to check other vaults to make sure it didn't happen to other people. Um, Mm -hmm. But the stuff was in there and it just gotten up the back and there was like a, there was a, a tour pass from the freedom to rock tour and an invitation for, for Grammy that had just been wedged. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, it it does happen, and I do tell everyone. I'm I still mean to put my vault upside down, just to yeah. give it a little bit of a shake. Well, just up and put put the camera with the uh, reverse the which way it takes the photo, lay it flat and have the flash on and take a couple of shots because that's how I saw that. I'm like, there's something red up there because I thought it was just when I'm feeling with my hand, it just felt like the inside of the, you know, because the plastic DVD cover feels almost the same as what it does if you. Yeah, you know, you know what? Here's the fun part of that, as you now know firsthand, is that it is the gift that keeps on giving. 
because yeah. these little surprises that fall out, you know, initially you may be disappointed, but again, you know, the vault gifts are what they are. There's always going to hmm. be a broad spectrum yeah. of them. Not everyone's going to get a Rolex or a, hmm. a beach towel. <laughs> yeah. I think somebody got the shell of one of his, one of these dragon boots. Or yeah, something. They, they, the, they were uh, handing those out, and those have been a yeah. There's there's been a good mix of stuff, but you know, like anything, uh, even though my stuff, you know, is kind of uninteresting to me, it's still going to stay in the vault and be a part of that because again, it's yeah, uh, yeah. from Jean's collection to me means more yeah. that puts more value on it to me personally than mm -hmm. its commercial value, which is to me what the vault's supposed to be about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So Vault Experience is over. Um, let's talk briefly about the music before I let you go. You know, what are yeah. you, how much of the Vault have you listened to so far, and what are your impressions, your initial impressions of the material, the quality, and the diversity? Well, there's definitely, uh, and I, I've heard you guys on your show talk a couple of times about um, the novelty factor. There's a few songs that you hear once to go, okay, that turned into calling Dr. Love or got love for sale or, you know, you could hear the lyrics or love them and leave them. I think it's another one that's sort of half of two different songs. I can't remember which ones, but there's a little bit of that. Um, and the quality is not there, but, um, I feel like half of it is, is hidden gems. Like they, you know, and as I say, are you ready? And are you a boy? Are you a girl? Those sort of songs should have been on kiss albums. I think they're, they're, um, they're better than certainly you think of the era that some of those songs came out that, um, they were better than what he was actually putting out, some of them. So, you know, it's um, – so there's – yeah, it's a, it's a mix. Probably, uh, you know, there's a few absolute throwaways and there's a few keepers and a lot in the middle. So, you know. But I haven't got – you know, it takes a long time, as you know, to grow on you, I'm, you know, a week in. Um, and it took me a couple of days to find the time. I wanted to sit down and not have any distraction and, you know, put on disc one, song one, and just go for it. So, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's a, a hell of a lot of material just to try and digest. I, yeah. I, I almost feel that even, you know, nine months on, I'm still digesting the material mm. on the vault just because we've had a lifetime to become familiar with the Kiss catalog. And here's yeah. 166 or you know, however many songs it is being dumped on you in one lot with mm -hmm. quite a bit of repetition. There's only one track for me on there that I've already deleted from my, my playlist, and that is the 15-minute yeah. Bob Dylan track. You know, that's just not something... I haven't that, that one yet. And that, is that actually a song, or is it them sitting together and it's, it's, talking? It's them working um, ideas, talking, um, and yeah. then there are separate tracks on there of the songs they actually worked on together. So those right. ones stay because they're, they're completely valid, yeah. but a work tape uh, sort of thing, you know, it's, uh, you know, mm -hmm. we've had bootlegs of that sort of thing out for years and yeah, it, yeah. you don't get in your car and say, you know, I'm really want to listen to Gene talking to Bob Dylan today on my drive. No, <laughs> usually it's going to be Paul Stanley love gun teaching thing that he did on the, on the Love Gun special edition, you yeah, know, the teaching demo, sure. and it's like, it sounded like his voice was slowed down or something. It's this really weird effect on his voice, but it's like here at once, it's cool for the novelty factor, but, you know, um, and that's like a lot of it. I, I don't suppose it's supposed to be, you know, like you said, pop it in the car and cruise down the highway, listen to the to disc four or whatever. It's more just a, the collection of songs. And it's really cool to hear the, the embryos, if you like, of, where those songs started to what they turned out to be those those classic Kiss songs on the early albums and that you know really exactly. Cool. Mm. All right, so 
anything that you want to add about this whole experience that I haven't asked you? Anything you want to mention before we wrap up? I think we covered most of it, but just the fact that, um, and I, I know other people have said this, but if anyone's on the fence and they, um, if there's going to be vault things moving later in the year, next year, and that sort of stuff, then get on board because it's, uh, you know, not only do you get a, you know, 160 odd songs and, the, and a really cool collectible item, you're getting to meet the man and you're getting to experience that whole, that whole thing. So um, it's a ridiculous amount of money, but in some weird way, it's worth it. You know, because <laughs> it's because um, it, you know you can do the cruise, you can do whatever meet and greets. Everything's expensive to get that up and close, up close and personal with the, the guys in Kiss. So once in a lifetime type thing. So yeah, hopefully once in a lifetime because I really don't want to have to put another vault two on the credit card after. What I can't I imagine what would be on it. Like if he's got another hundred and sixty odd songs laying around, but um, hmm. Who yeah, knows? Maybe a kiss vault. I mean, there's, there's got to be an awful lot left to be uh, kind of put out there from that band if they're able to work mm. out a deal that what works a, with them. Uh, version of Deadly Weapons, like the, the best one, you know, the one that ended up being on Asylum, mm-hmm. Loves the Deadly Weapons. The first version of that, which Paul's singing on. Yep. It's like one of the best demos, but it's not a great quality. Kind of got that little bit of a muffled. Yeah, to it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great of that, like a really sharp one would be. I, w- I would like that whole tape because they did four songs. Um, yeah, they did Deadly yeah. Weapons, Nowhere to Run, uh, Feel Like Heaven, and I can't, mm-hmm. rem- I can't remember the fourth one off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, but they did those all before The Elder became The Elder. So right, yeah. Um, yeah. those were all mixed. I, th- I think they didn't get a lead guitar on a couple of them. but mm-hmm. So they, they will have multi-tracks of those or someone has multi-tracks. Those would be the ones. I would love to hear that. I would love to hear. Uh, it's My Life was disappointing for me on the vault. It wasn't quite as crystal clear as I was hoping for. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, that was one that, yeah, had been talked about a little bit, and the fact that the, the box set one came out really well. Um, but there, I think there's two It's My Life, is there? Yeah, one, the, the one on uh, the box was the one they re-recorded in 1998 with Tommy. I'm thinking In Your Face, there's two In Your Face. There, there's quite a few one. in your faces so yeah. you know there's there's still a lot of material especially for kiss but you know particularly from the 1980s when you start thinking about paul stanley's version of back on the streets if it exists or yeah. you know stuff yeah. like that there's a lot from yeah. the 70s and and some of the stuff that gene kind of put on his vault mad dog um and some of the other stuff from the 1975 destroyer sessions just makes it clear how good the quality is for hopefully yeah, for yeah. all of the other stuff that wasn't released. So yeah. maybe one day. I mean, these guys aren't going to let it all go out in one shot. They they want revenue yeah, streams. They you want... think, though, if a, if a Gene Simmons one on his own is 2000 then what's a, what's a full Kiss thing going to be with, you know? My, 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 again, my hope is that it's more affordable, that, that they can have some of it up on iTunes, that they can have some mm-hmm. of it exclusive, that they can balance including people and excluding people economically. Because it's a yep. very tough thing to have be talking to your fellow fans and friends about stuff that you can't share with them, um, yeah. that they can't yeah. participate in. As a, as a KISS fan, it kind of goes against what we're about. But Gene has been adamant sure. that the business model has to match uh, him mm. getting paid mm. for his art, and that's fair. Yeah. That, we we yeah. don't have any argument against that. But um, you know, maybe they'll they will have learned something from the vault experience and be able to move forward with ideas for Kiss for Ace. Mm-hmm. I, I'd love to see Rhino work with Ace on his archive. That would be yeah, brilliant. yeah. 
Because he's got some really good stuff out there that's, you know, you've probably got it same as I have, the real grainy, you know, the, the lesser quality versions of things. And um, actually somebody asked him at the, the Q&A about audio video, the song, and he it's not even his song, he said. He didn't write it. Uh, he wasn't he, even aware. He he did he co-wrote it with Arthur Stead Stead or Steed I always get his name wrong oh, okay. but a, a lot of that early stuff uh, Arthur co-wrote Richie wrote quite a bit of it um, yeah. a lot of it also like the herd is on was sourced from other bands um, who sent demos in that, uh, to people connected with Ace so there's a fair amount that's you know okay. you know e- even now I mean the guys who maybe wrote that it, it wouldn't do them any harm to get a bit of publicity from Ace yeah maybe even yeah. some publishing. Uh, mm. all dependent on whether all those deals could be worked out but it's the music business and business is yeah. complex so yeah. yeah i'll just be happy with a new kiss album but i don't think that's going to happen now well be careful what sort of kiss album you hope for it might be another compilation double platinum too probably had enough of those for a while but <laughs> hey you, you know what if it's got a different mix or something interesting on it i'll never you know, not purchase a, a compilation. Mm, yeah. It's all what is on it. Is there one yeah. song that's maybe a single mix that we've not heard, uh, an alternative mix, whatever? Like, uh, you know, what was nice it? Nice clear live track. They had a couple on that Kiss Forty. That was a couple of yeah, live songs. Exactly. That was cool. You know, yeah. so so if it's something, well, who cares? It's it's better than it's better than nothing, especially if they're not going to do a new studio album. Yeah, even so. a EP, four songs would be. Three or four songs would be nice. Yeah, I'd we'll do what they I'd did take Smashes it. and have a couple of new songs and then a greatest hits following it, you know? Exactly. Or Killers, that type of thing. Hmm. All right. Well, let's cool. leave that there. Thank you very much for joining me and Thanks us to, to share your thoughts and represent Australia. I hope everyone else in, uh, in Australia who did the Vault Experiences uh, in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne also had a good time. Um, we'll look forward to hearing more about those experiences as well online. There's a lot of good Australian Facebook groups that one can check out um, and get the word directly. But again, thank you for your time and thank you for joining no the KISSFAC. Thanks for having me. Good to meet you. Cheers. See you later. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.